Hi, this is Jake, and you're listening to the Flight Training Podcast. So today we're going to be diving deeper into the topic of how to give a confession, and I'm going to be leaning very heavily on the book Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster uh, and just gleaning his advice on how to give a confession. So we're going to jump through what I feel like are the highlights of his advice and it'll give us a kind of a total picture of how do you go to somebody and share a sin with them with the idea of you're going to confess it to them as your brother or sister in Christ. Uh, and they're going to be standing in for Jesus to hear that confession. So, um, again, we've talked about this a lot this month, but I think hearing from Richard Foster, I think it'll give us a lot of good tips. So I'm going to run through these fairly quickly, um, but stick with me, okay? So... When you need to go to someone and confess, uh, you need to start off the confession or during the confession, obviously, get to specific concrete sins. So these are things that we've talked about already a little bit, but don't say, oh, I was a jerk to my wife or I was greedy. You need to actually get to specifically, I said this to my wife or I did this nonverbal thing uh, to my wife or I put money ahead of this other thing that that should have been more important and it it hurt other people in this way you need to get into specifics of what did you do and how is it a sin remember sin is is something that's it's acting the opposite of how jesus would act okay uh it's it's evil and instead of the righteous action that God would have taken. Uh, And it can have a lot of forms, but typically if you're praying about something and God's convicted you on it, if you feel bad about it, then you need to pray through and talk through with God. Like why, like what's at the heart of this? Because a lot of times there's some peripheral stuff, um, but at, at, at the heart of it, there's typically there's there's some sort of sin, and obviously, if you're doing a confession, you should be getting into a sin that you did, something that you actually did that was wrong, that you're taking responsibility for. Um, so you need to get specific on that. Don't just pro- paint a real broad picture. That's the temptation is to go to someone and say, "Oh yeah, I've been a jerk. Please pray for me." Well, you really need to get into how you were a jerk. Now, the opposite end of the spectrum is don't get overly concerned with every single thing. I mean, don't go to someone to confess and say, "Here's this," you know the 25 different things I did that were rude to my spouse in the last two hours. Okay. Like, you know, you don't have to take a journal and note every little tiny thing and get into when I said this, this is what I was doing with my eyebrows or whatever. I mean, uh, you want to get specific and concrete, but don't feel pressure to mention every single thing you've ever done wrong. Okay. Like we believe in the Holy spirit. The Holy spirit is working with us and talking to God about us. And uh, if we are confessing the things that we are convicted about, um, we trust the Holy Spirit to do the rest for us. Okay, so you you don't have to try to be an investigator and dig up every little thing you've ever done wrong. Um, You know, there's a balance is basically what I'm getting at. We did talk through the example of of Richard Foster also given us of looking back through the major things he'd done wrong on each kind of period of his life and childhood and as adolescence and as adulthood. So it's not bad to take an inventory and to talk about big things, but just don't feel this pressure to get into every little detail because in the last year, the last 365 days, you've probably sinned thousands of times if we really got detailed about it. But, but you don't necessarily have to go and mention every single one of those thousands of things to someone. To, you know, that's not what this is about, okay? This isn't about making sure the laundry list has got every little thing on it. It's about getting right with Jesus by confessing uh, 
the sins in our life. Okay, so I'm getting in. I think you guys can understand that. I've, I've beat that point up. Um, so here's a couple other things to think through, a few others. One is sorrow is an important part of confession. We talked about that uh, here a couple weeks ago. But when I say sorrow, I don't necessarily mean uh, just crying or feeling sad. Um, so I wanted to read uh, a quote from Richard Foster in his book. He says, Sorrow is necessary to a good confession. Sorrow as it relates to confession is not primarily an emotion, though emotion may be involved. It is an abhorrence at having committed the sin, a deep regret at having offended the heart of the Father. And he talks about how emotion can sometimes get in the way if we don't have that true belief inside of ourselves that we did something wrong. So if you're just in, a, in an emotionally stirred up moment during a, a revival service or something, and so you're crying and, and talking to God about, like, I'm sorry for this or that, but if you don't actually in your heart believe you did something wrong, like the, the emotion might even just blur what you're supposed to be about. Okay, so emotion can be a good part of a confession, but it's not... The sorrow doesn't necessarily mean, well, it's a good confession if you cry and a bad one if you don't cry. Sorrow gets at, in this case anyways, it's, I love that quote about the abhorrence at having committed the sin, a deep regret having offended the heart of the Father. So this idea of we have a relationship with God and we feel like we've, we've hurt or let someone down that we love. And that, we feel sorrow about that, about letting someone down or hurting someone or dishonoring someone that we love. That's the right thing for a confession, this idea of I, I want to be better than I have been. I, I wish I wouldn't have done this, but I'm wanting to be different. So that's the sorrow idea. And that kind of gets us into, there's another piece here of confession. You know, it's tied to repentance. There should be a desire to do better Okay, it's not a good confession if you go and say, well, I'm so sorry I did this, and there's no desire to change. You know, I'm so sorry uh, that I, you know, slept with my girlfriend, but I'm not going to move out of living in the same apartment with her. It's like, well, okay, but like, if, if if you're not willing to take any action, if you don't have maybe even a desire to take action to be different, like, we're not, that's not a good confession, okay? Uh, it could, it could improve a lot. So, if, and, but honestly, sometimes when we're struggling with sin, sometimes the starting point to getting better is just asking God for the desire to be better. Sometimes we're so stuck in a sin, we don't even truly want to get out. Like we want to get over the guilt. We want to get over maybe the negative things, consequences. But push comes to shove. If we're honest with ourselves, we're not really totally done with the sin yet. We still want to hold on to some of it. And if that's where you're at in the confession, then the place to be at would be, you know, you still need to confess the concrete things you've done wrong. Hopefully you're doing it in a sorrowful way of like, I really regret having done it. But you need to maybe be honest in that moment and tell the other person, like, I need you to pray. Just honestly, the first step for me is to to not want to do this anymore, to hate the sin, to hate the unholy living. Uh, I think Foster says to ask God for a yearning for holy living and a hatred for unholy living. Um, Colossians chapter 3 has this great passage about putting sin to death and clothing ourselves with Jesus. That would maybe be a good thing to guide you through. Of Like, God, help me to be like this. Help me to want to kill the bad sin in my life and help me want to do the right thing. Uh, and the first thing might just be the admittance of, like, I need help even wanting the right thing. Okay. I've made this fairly complicated, and Richard Foster talks about this too. Like, he makes it kind of complicated in his advice. You might think, like, whoa, giving a confession is hard. Well, here's the reality. Like, 
the one you're ultimately talking to, even though you're you're talking to a brother or sister in Christ, the one you're ultimately communicating with is God, and God wants to forgive you. Like God is not saying, well, you didn't do a good enough confession, so I'm going to hold that over your head. He wants desperately to forgive you, and he's actually working in your life, whether you see it or not, to try to convince you to want his forgiveness, to try to push you towards the right relationship with him. So, so don't feel like you have to do this all perfect. Like, Do the best that you can with what you know and ask God for help. And God is eager to help, okay? Um, a couple other notes that Foster gives us that I'm going to end our, our time on today before we get to our challenge, because I think these are both really wise pieces of advice. The one that he talks about is, you know, when you get ready to go to confession or when you're thinking, maybe I need to confess something, maybe there's you're feeling, it could be a lot of reasons why you would decide to go confess. Maybe you're wanting a breakthrough with God and you think perhaps there's something holding you back. And so you have this period of looking and examining your own life and saying, is there something I need to confess? could be a lot of reasons. But he very specifically, Foster says, have a clear endpoint on your self-examination. And the reason he warns about that is you could become the type of person who's always critically looking at yourself, who's always condemning yourself of, oh, I did this wrong and this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. Confession shouldn't be like that. Like confession should have a start and an end, and it should the pattern should be, uh, to quote Richard Foster, he says, confession begins in sorrow, but it ends in joy. Like a good confession should at the end of it, there should be a relief that like that is now my past. That sin is in my past and I'm set free. I'm new with Jesus. I have a new fresh connection with him. And so you don't want to just be stuck in the cycle of always feeling bad and always judging yourself. You want to say, for instance, what Richard Foster did of today, I'm going to look at you know, my childhood and what did I sin in? And then the next day I'm going to look at my adolescence and how did I sin? And then the next day I'm going to look at my adult years, how have I sinned? And then I'm going to take those three sheets of paper to the person I'm confessing to, confess them all. They're going to talk me through it. They're going to pray over me. And then like, that's done. Okay. Like I don't need to the next day, get a new sheet of paper out and look at my childhood again. Okay. Now we do have to regularly look at ourselves and say, is there something I need to confess? But don't, don't get to the spot where your whole life is this self-condemnation, okay? That's not what God's seeking for you. What he wants is be open to him, open to him telling you and convicting you that you need to confess, and then go and confess and be done with it. Like, this is something that should end, you know? Like, it should have an end point, and it should have a joyful end. Um, the final piece of advice he gives, which is very wise, too, is just who should you confess to? Now, anybody who believes in Jesus, who's accepted Jesus, is following them, has the Holy Spirit, like, they have what they need to, to receive a confession. You know, it's just like John chapter 20, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He gives them the authority to forgive. Like, Christians have been given that authority to receive confessions. But it doesn't mean it's wise to go to every single person you know uh, at church and confess everything to everyone, okay? Uh, so you do need to find somebody who, in in your best view, you know, or your best assessment, you think, like, this is someone who can keep a confidence, because, you know, you're going to be confessing something to them that doesn't need to be shared with anyone else. And so if you know they're always telling you other people's secrets, like maybe that's not the right person to confess your junk to, you know. Uh, and maybe you should have a conversation about that anyways with them. But um, 
Anyway, so you don't, you don't want to go to a super gossipy person. You want to go to somebody who you feel like has a vibrant relationship with Jesus, who has joy in Jesus, who seems to have the ability to admit their mistakes, but also find forgiveness in Jesus. You want to look for that sort of stuff. And um, it doesn't have to be a pastor or any official role. Uh, like it, it could be someone that has no leadership title at all could be an excellent person to go to. So it's not about them having some sort of man-made title or official spot. It's about, do they have a strong connection with Jesus? And do they have the maturity in Jesus to be able to handle this sort of thing that we're talking about doing? So uh, be, think, you know, be careful with who you go to, but explore it. Uh, this is confession can be such a life-giving thing. It's a gift that God has given us. So don't miss out on it. Like explore it and do it. So the challenge this week is once again, get your you know continue to experience this stuff by again find someone, a different person than you went to the last time. Find someone and give a confession. Admit some sin that you've done. Ask them to pray for you. Um, So that's the challenge this week, and I'm excited for you guys to continue to explore confession. (laughs) 